part two of my crossover with Locked On Red Wings as we're going to be talking about Thomas Tatar and a few other things. So buckle up, it's another full-fledged episode with Locked On Red Wings once again. Your Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Alrighty now, what is up New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer and also Devils writer for the Hockey Riders, Trey Matthews. And guys, I'm just going to be honest with you. It is late at night. I am tired. Uh, I am preparing to go back to college. So uh, yeah, it's been a day and a week for me so far because as you know, I went on vacation. Then the very next week I went to Indianapolis and now I got to get ready to go to college in a couple days. So yeah, uh, I, I've been working nonstop, and I've been trying my best to uh, just, you know, push out these episodes for you guys, and um, usually I try to never BS my episodes, and um, I try to provide you guys with the best content, but obviously a lot is happening right now, and like I said, I'm trying to catch up on my episodes, so uh, yeah, if you haven't checked out the last episode, I basically uh, talked about uh, Jonathan Nelson Mandela, Bernier uh, with Nolan Bianchi, and uh, Scott Bentley. Uh, host of Locked on Red Wings, and uh, we just basically talked about the now former uh, Detroit Red Wing, who is now a New Jersey Devil, and there's also another player uh, who's a former uh, Detroit Red Wing turned uh, New Jersey Devil, and that is Thomas Tatar. So in part two of this crossover with Scott and Nolan of Locked on Red Wings, we're going to be talking about Tatar and what does he bring to uh, the New Jersey Devils potentially and uh, I'm not sure if they mentioned this in the part one crossover, or the part two crossover, but uh, they actually brought up something interesting about Tatar's defense and that he's not really that bad of a defenseman as we think. But, you know, overall, do I see him uh, fitting in our top six just because of his offense? Absolutely. But his defense needs a little bit of work. But at the end of the day, he's a winger who can... Um, uh, provide that offensive spark, and uh, like Nolan said, I, I like I said, I don't know if it was in part one or part two that I'm about to post, but he says that Thomas Tatar is one of those wingers that's just an enforcer because, uh, like I mentioned uh, before in an episode where I talked about Tatar in a um, specific episode centered around him, uh, you know, I talked about how he gets a lot of penalties, so uh, so yeah, I, I think Miles Wood is going to love him, but you know, that's what we need in our top six to just, uh, whip these young guys into shape. And, uh, he also brings that veteran, uh, leadership. So I don't know what really happened, uh, during that Montreal Canadiens, uh, playoff run, but my theory is that, you know, his defense just wasn't cutting it. Um, his offense was, uh, you know, pretty decent, but you know, he only played in that, uh, Toronto Maple Leafs and Montreal Canadiens playoff series. And then he was a healthy scratch the rest of the way. Didn't participate in the Stanley Cup Finals. But you know what? That was then and this is now. And uh, like I said, uh, Nolan Bianchi and uh, Scott Bentley, we're going to just sit down and we're going to talk about uh, what does uh, Tatar bring to the team because we talked about Jonathan Bernier in yesterday's crossover. But uh, before we do, let's get these live reads out the way, shall we? So the first one comes from Bet Online. So it's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning 
to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college uh, football action this season. Get all the latest updated odds, props, contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor contest now open at BetOnline. Head to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on Thursday, September 9th, season opener between uh, the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football to hockey, basketball, baseball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, and that promo code is locked on. Now, the second live read comes from Built Bar. So, did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. They have coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. You know what my favorite flavor is? I love coconut, as you guys know. So, you haven't tried all the flavors? You can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bars the best tasting protein bars ever, but they're super healthy as well. Check out these awesome statistics. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Or today and get that grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar was the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. That is so awesome. Go Team USA or, you know, the Olympics are now over, but whatever. Offer, go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So let's get right back into part two's crossover with uh, Scott and Nolan of Locked On Red Wings. Let's take it away, everybody. What are you, what are you, what are the Devils doing? Or I know the Devils kind of made some moves this offseason. I know you probably oh. want to get into Thomas Tatar a little bit too, but how are you feeling about the, the direction that the Devils are heading, the immediate turnaround, and then the intermediary as well? Kind of, kind of, it's much like the Red Wings goaltending situation, which was fixed over the summer, where I was like, okay, they got the goaltender of tomorrow and the goaltender of five years from now in the span of three days, like sick, you know? Oh, where do I, where do I start? We, um, we needed a top six guy. We needed a backup goalie. We needed a defenseman and we needed a big name free agent and check, check, check. And, uh, I guess quadruple check. So, um, you know, first we needed, um, so, so first top six guy, you mentioned Tatar and, um, we, we, we went fishing and we caught a big tuna and, you know what? And we and we got a two years worth of tuna. So I can't wait to see what Tatar can bring to our top six. The problem is, I think you guys can vouch for that, is his defense is a huge question mark because um, um, that's why he was ha- a healthy scratch this past playoffs for the Montreal Canadiens. I think that's why they decided to uh, part ways with them and just not bring him back just because, you know, they were able to go on that tremendous run to the Stanley Cup finals. And albeit they lost, but still, it's just like, we didn't really need you. So it's just like, I don't think there's any point in bringing you back. Uh, but he did lead the Canadians in scoring and he was uh, just a throw in in that uh, Golden Knight and uh, Canadians trade just a few years ago that involved Nick Suzuki. So, you know, just putting that out there and we'll talk more about that in a second. But then, you know, we got our backup goalie and Jonathan Bernier and now Scott Wedgwood doesn't have to play a role that he's not used to um, or, or not accustomed to. 
and um, uh, getting a defenseman in Ryan Graves, great five-on-five numbers, great penalty kill numbers, power play numbers, whatever the case might be. The question for Ryan Graves is, can he translate it from the Colorado Avalanche to the New Jersey Devils? Because when you look at the Colorado Avalanche's uh, stat sheet, they had a bunch of guys who had great five-on-five numbers, great penalty kill numbers. So the question for us is, like, does that translate to us or or was Ryan Graves just blessed with the people around him? And then um, Dougie Hamilton, seven years. Um, we, we It's been a while since the New Jersey Devils have had a player in the consideration for the Norris Trophy. And Dougie Hamilton, he's been in the Norris Trophy race for a few years now. I fully anticipate that he can win it. His Corsi four percentages above elite status. So uh, just a very successful offseason. And we also got our guy Luke Hughes, uh, who's committed to play at the University of Michigan. I remember watching um, – Luke Hughes play when he came up to Adrian to um, face our hockey program. And I almost got into a fight over um, uh, uh, one of the team USA parents, but you know what, that's a discussion for another <laughs> time. Um, uh, and um, that, that team USA parent, Luke. Hughes uh, no, here's, here's, the here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I, here's the thing. So, um, you know me, I'm very energetic. I love doing what I do. And so I decided to talk some junk to Luke Hughes when I figured out that, um, you know, he was the younger brother of Jack. Um, you know, I just said, hey, you play poor just like your brother. And, you know, <laughs> and, and, and so the thing is, Team USA has another Jack Hughes on the roster, but he's not related to yeah. <laughs> right. not related to Correct. Jack Flynn or Luke at all. It's just a coincidence. And, you know, Jack and Hughes are two common names. And, you know, and, you know, the parent who's the, who's the father of Jack Hughes, he was just like, you know, give Jack Hughes a chance. It's just his first year. I was just like, he played like crap you know, like from the top of my lungs and some of the girls who I do play by play for, for their hockey program, they were trying to calm me down. Um, and, and, you know, uh, one of the parents tapped Trey me just shoulder. spitting. One, one of the, one of the, um, one of the parents taps me on the shoulder and he whispers in my ear. He's like, you know, that's Jack Hughes's father. Right. And I, I, I thought I was about to uh, uh, crap myself. I was just like, Whoa, what did I just, and I later apologized to him and I said, look, I didn't mean to like diss on your son or anything. He's like, oh, no, I'm not. the, I'm not Jack Hughes's father. I'm not the Jack Hughes's father you were thinking of. I was just trying to, you know, teach you a other lesson one. about I was trying to teach you a lesson about, you know, talking junk or that kind of thing. So, oh, he, was, man. Wow. so he was just that's funny. You know what? That's to get over <laughs> yourself. Jack Hughes's father. <laughs> yeah. But like I said, he was the father of a, a Jack Hughes, but not related to any of the. Hughes brothers. And I think that Jack Hughes is actually projected to get drafted in, in next year's, uh, in next year's draft. I think so. I'll, I'll have yeah. to look. He is. I, he I, is. Okay. He is confirmed. Then, then the yeah. Hughes, the Hughes family has broken my brain because there's so many of them now that like, I just easily get them mixed, not mixed up, but like Jack Quinn, who was drafted in, in last year's draft. I, in my brain just thought he was a Hughes brother for like a year and a half. And because it's Jack Quinn and I'm like, yeah, we want that matches up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, how that works. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, you got, you got the Molina brothers in the MLB. You got the Antetokounmpo brothers in the NBA. And now you got the Hughes brothers in the NHL. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So, yeah, just um, getting our guy uh, Luke Hughes in the draft. And you guys got Simon Evanson, someone who I've talked about on my show before. Just, you know, um, I, I think um, he's a project, but someone that, you know, I think worth taking a risk on. I know you wanted Jesper Wallstead, but, you know, at the same time, I think you're 
happy with what you got because Wallstead dropped uh, a lot of positions from what I heard. And you guys had the opportunity to draft him uh, with your second overall selection in the uh, draft. So um, we don't have that. No, see, that's, that's what, that's what uh, I would, this is exactly what I was touching on earlier. The second that Steve Eisenman passed on Jasper Wallstead for Sebastian Cosa, that was the guy. It, it will so like in the moment it took us about a minute to get over it honestly well, but we were we had ginger ale and we're at the watch party at LCA yeah. And, yeah um and so for the first minute we were stunned and then ever since it's been that's our guy why why would why would we want Jesper Wallstead if if Steve Arzman passed on him yes right. Wallstead trash just kidding <laughs> really nice kid too yeah, we had about it for an interview, which is honestly <laughs> probably the bigger reason why we wanted. Which is the reason we had, wanted him right. because we were trying to get him back on the show, and then that it didn't work like that. But so. but in, in all seriousness, though, like like Nolan's spot on. It, it, it there is such a faith and trust in Steve Eiserman that the second we picked Kosa over him, it was like, all right, well, Kosa is better than Wallstead. Then I guess we were all wrong, and let's ride. Yeah. Hey, you got what you got, and um, you, you still got a few players to work with. So, you know, I wouldn't I, – honestly, I think uh, the, the Red Wings did just fine in the draft, and I think they'll do fine for the future. But um, I actually want to uh, go back towards uh, a, pl- a former player of yours who's now a part of our team, and that is Tatar, the tuna. So, like, what what, what was he like for the Detroit Red Wings? Just an, he's like from a personality standpoint, he's electric. Like you're gonna love having him on your team. Um, something that you touched on a little bit earlier was was the defense, right? And so I don't know, I didn't watch enough games, or really any, you know, that much of of the Canadians down the stretch last year, or the Golden Knights in the year that he was scratched for the entire playoffs year. They went to the Stanley Cup in 2017, his first year there. But I cannot wrap my head around it, how this guy is is so good and so valuable during the regular season. And then literally he got scratched so early on in that playoff series or that the, the playoffs this year that like there was a certain point where I forgot he was on the team. I forgot he was an option, you know, like. And that it, it, it blows my mind because I don't know enough about the situation as to why that could be happening, but. I looked up his defensive numbers from the last three years and on evolving hockey's like uh, goals above replacement value. He's in the 83rd percentile of forwards for defense in the NHL. And on offense, he's ranked 88th for 89th percentile overall. I know the the player cards aren't the end all be all. And I know, you know, whatever, but it's a good indicator of what's happening out there on the ice and are, or, or, you know, kind of, can we, trust that the the counting stats that he puts up the goals and the assists are actually you know a productive asset for our team the answer overwhelmingly is yes because there's he has a positive defensive value on top of having a a pretty good uh offensive value i can't like so that was over the the last three seasons i can't speak maybe to to more recently or whatever it was but the fact that that was something that happened in 2017 and then happened again during this run to the stanley cup final genuinely perplexes me and i and i don't i don't know what to tell you yeah no i i i mirror a lot of those thoughts because a he's 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 such a weapon offensively like even if even if the the defense 
even if all the, the numbers Nolan just said are, are completely wrong and somebody's listening is like, oh my gosh, like, no, he's, he's dreadful on defense, whatever. He is such a weapon on offense that I, I, I genuinely still even can't wrap my head around, you know, not giving him, even if it's like, like eight to 12 minutes in a play, like just for a chance to, you know, you can hide him in a corner defensively or something. I like, I, I can't wrap my head around with him being as good as he is offensively and, and proving it regular season after regular season after regular season. And then just, like being so whether it's not trusted or it is the defense or whatever when, when it comes into the playoffs it, it really does confuse the heck out of me too i mean that's based on what i've uh heard just based on like you know uh his defense was a problem and that's why he was sort of like a healthy scratch for the canadians but a lot of people forget that i believe in his first season with the canadians um he was actually able to lead them in scoring so you know and like i said he was a throw-in piece when he was traded to the Canadians. Like Nick Suzuki was the um, was the um, main piece of, of the trade, and um, uh, Tatar was just a, a throw-in. So you know, overall, I think um, it was almost kind of like a cap dump in a, in a way, like kind of move him to. Yeah, you're right. One man's trade. I didn't really have that many thoughts on it. I was just kind of. <laughs> One man's trash is another man's treasure. So uh, I think that's what the New Jersey Devils are just trying to do. So, you know, for two former Detroit Red Wings, two former players that you guys have spoken fondly about. And, you know, here we are. Hopefully we can get a wild card spot. I'm not anticipating for us to make too much noise. But, you know, at the same time, I do have somewhat, I guess, decent expectations. Any chance the Red Wings can get a wild card or is that out of the question? I am probably more optimistic than uh, literally anybody about it, and I think no. I think they're going to make they're they're going to be like a Blackhawks team this year, where they're like at the beginning of the year they're like, oh, not as bad as we thought, and then they kind of just fizzle out, and they're probably sellers at the deadline, and that's fine. And let's keep keep the train moving forward. Yeah, actually, I think uh, the year after next is the one. That's that's the one I think most of us have our sights on. Is but it, is. But it also wouldn't yeah. surprise me too much if they did make the playoffs this year. It's like an eight seed. There's no one. There's no one. Um, you never I, know, bro. I mean, <laughs> if 2020 has taught me anything, is that everything and anything is possible. So through that, teams make the playoffs ahead of schedule all the time. It's it's not. It wouldn't even be that crazy. I don't think. I mean. Uh, I've seen crazy things happen, but yeah, I, I, I to go know. from to go from sixth worst in the league to sixteenth worst in the league that's that's not that crazy to me, in my opinion. No, I think it's for me. It's more of just like uh, it's two years removed from nineteen twenty than it is one year removed from twenty twenty one. Right, yeah, that's my mindset though. One of the that's, greatest turnarounds in baseball right. history. Yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, Hashtag feels uh, like a way. I mean, six, but all right. I mean, uh, Scott, you're, you're the host of Locked on Tigers. It seems like the Tigers are now the only decent team in Detroit. Hey, man, Cade Cunningham. We got a we got a fun five there. The Stones are are looking fun. Um, the Lions are the Lions. Uh, but yeah, no, the Tigers. 
that that coaching staff has totally turned them around. And uh, yeah, I think I think next year could actually be like the Tigers could be good again, which I'm I'm really pumped for. So, but yeah, the the Tigers. Tigers and Pistons, definitely the two that uh, I think people are are kind of have their eye on as the next two up, and then the Wings are either with them or in lockstep or just a little bit behind for sure. People, uh, I think, have had way too much fun with the uh, with the downfall of Detroit sports. Like we're going to be insufferable. Oh in, yeah, in I'm going to be so years. annoying. I'm going to be when so it's, annoying when it's all of the teams being good. It's it's going to be well, at least three. We can never be too sure with the Lions, but yeah. but at least three of them, yeah. But like, that's that's one of those things they have to do like the bare minimum, you know, like all all of your <laughs> uh, you know students you expect days out of, but then there's that one kid who, you know what, the C's all right. You, you yeah. know, what, if you, the hey, other three make the playoffs. Hey, congrats the, on the Steve. You know, <laughs> the, the Lions with seven games. We're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> no. And yeah, and I'm gonna steal Kate Upton away from uh, Justin Verlander. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Touche. We're gonna steal Justin Verlander back from the Astros. Why don't you see? Oh, it's coming. No, it's, it's happening. You, want, it's you happening. want Justin Verlander back? He, he he literally has to miss this year due to surgery, and he's like pushing forward. He's fine. He's That's fine. okay. He's fine. He was like, uh, let me see here. Based Two years, eighteen mil. Two years, eighteen mil. He, he's it's book it. It's a, it's it's a like, guarantee. Yeah. Death taxes, Verlander coming back. It's literally a guarantee. Two point five eight, two point five two ERA. I mean, yeah, he's still Verlander. It's fine. About it. Well, we'll, we'll see. So, I guess any final thoughts before we wrap up? No, I mean, like I, I'm, I got an eye on the Devils this year. I wanted Luke Hughes. He was number one on my big board heading into draft day. I was really, really I, praying. That, I was uh, so, so, so. I'm not trying to like, again, not trying to slander you or anything. But this is one of the reasons why I'm glad the New Jersey Devils got the fourth overall selection because had they gotten the first two, uh, they they would have to either pick Owen Powers or or Matt Beniers. That's just how it is because. Usually in a draft, you don't draft the best players available unless you have the first or second overall pick. Usually you want to draft what your um, needs are. And then uh, Mason McTavish went to the Anaheim Ducks, which was very surprising. Um, Didn't see that one coming and left a lot of players available for the New Jersey Devils to pick. And ultimately we got our guy. And um, because you guys picked what, like, Sixth, I believe, or fifth? Six. Yep. Six. Six. Yep. So had the Devils gotten the sixth uh, overall selection, Luke Hughes is out the door and probably a few other players that I talked about on my show before. So, you know, I, I felt like it was a perfect way because now we could draft a player that we want and need for our uh, rebuild and not be forced to draft, um, uh, you know, Owen Power or Matt Beneers because, you know, I feel like if you get the first overall selection, you can't draft Luke Hughes. That's just not good. That's just going to cause too much scrutiny. So it's like, you know, I don't know how you guys feel about a draft. I just feel as though, you know, a lot of people just um, misconstrued that, you know, you don't draft, you, you don't draft the best player. You draft the best player available to help your rebuild or whatever the case might be. Yeah. I, so I actually wrote a piece uh, on that, like heading into draft day. It was like, cause, cause we had kind of been hearing two different things. One that this was the most up in the air draft that we've had in a long time. I could agree with that. And then by the same token though, like all the mock drafts look the same and, and you predicted 
the only shock was Mason McTavish. And then who did, who did the blue jackets take Ken Johnson? That was perfectly fine. That wasn't anything outside of the ordinary. Like, but I was, I I wrote a piece on draft day where it was like, it's not, it's a short leap to chaos. It, and, and I use the devils as a prime example of, of just how many things can be weighing on an organization's mind. I kind of, I went through the top like seven picks in the draft and I was like, here's, I, I just wanted to create a scenario where Owen power fell. So I went through and I laid out like every thought process for every team. Hey, and then in the end they would pass on Owen power. And the one with the devils was pretty complicated. It was like, well, you know, Jack has been outward about wanting his brother. Do you, there's, there's ramifications of even if the GM wanted him, just knowing that your star player was out there advocating for him. It looks like a nepotism pick, even if it's not the, and then the, the optics of passing on him. If he did turn out to be the best player available, just because you didn't want to get caught up in what the guy's brother wanted then you also look like a schmuck. And then if you don't take him, you also risk alienating your franchise player in former one, one, which is impossible to get. And so there were just like so many different things uh, weighing on the devil's head in draft day. Yeah. I, I think they, I mean, we were big Luke Hughes fans. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, he, he, uh, I think it's a fantastic pick and yeah, there was a lot, there was a lot uh, when we were watching the draft, Noel and I watched the draft together. And I think we were, that was outside of the top two. I think Luke Hughes four was probably like the most confident we were in a, in a pick yeah. the entire first round. So like that they were going to take him. I felt so, like, uh, Owen, I felt like Owen power and Matt Beniers, One of them could have gone like one, two, like it was just like, yeah, the consensus yeah. pick I believe was Owen power. But if you drafted Matt Beniers. First overall, you, you wouldn't be crazy either. For sure. sure. Yeah. yeah. It, it was like no, no consensus. Yeah, for sure. All right, guys. So I think we touched on everything. We talked about uh, the offseason. We talked about the draft. We uh, talked about our respective offseasons. We talked about the future of our teams. We also talked some baseball. And, uh, you know, just uh, I would talk more about uh, New Jersey sports, but there aren't any um, other than <laughs> other than hockey. So, uh Thank you guys for tuning in so so late to, to do this. I really appreciate it. Thank course, you for, man. Uh, a for having us, man. It was, it yeah. was a great time. And I always enjoy chatting with you because you understand our, like, when we go into our diatribes, I'm like, what's well, exactly like this Detroit sports thing? You know, you actually know what we're talking about. Even though even yeah. if your listeners don't, you know. Yeah. I do because I was raised in Michigan. So, you know, I, I go to school <laughs> in Michigan. Yeah, so, totally understand. And, uh, yeah, so so I, I totally get your pain. Usually it's easier to sympathize with uh, other, you know, bad franchises because we know about heartbreak, pain, and just coming short of expectations. But hopefully the Devils can turn it around. So uh, anyway, thank you to everyone who tuned in to uh, this uh, part two of Crossover with Locked On Red Wings. It was a lot of fun to do this. So once again, shout out to Nolan Bianchi and Scott Bentley for uh, doing this. You guys are awesome. And uh, that's about the time I have for you guys today. Uh, thanks for tuning in to continue to stay safe and have a wonderful day, New Jersey. We talked about Jonathan Bernier. We talked about Thomas Tatar. We even talked a little baseball. So if any of you are Detroit Tigers fans, remember to uh, check out Locked on Tigers. Once again, Scott does a phenomenal job. But in 
in terms of this uh, episode. Uh, once again, that's about all the time I have for you guys today. Go Devils, and I will catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening.